Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled, The Good News, His Story, His Sacrifice, presented by Pastor Floyd Silva on September 29th, 2019. I want to start this morning with this, what I believe is a very important passage in the Gospel of Luke, Gospel of Luke uh, chapter 15, and we're going to look at what Jesus commands us to do in regards to our faith and who we are in Christ and our identity. And so in the Gospel of John chapter 15, verses 12 through 14, Jesus says this, He says, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Hello, young lady. I thought she was going to be my friend. You going to come up here and help me? Because I can sure use it. So cute. All right, back to verse 13. Let's start there. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. See, I believe that this passage will help us to gain a greater understanding about what is happening in his story, the gospel story of Jesus Christ. And as we look at what Jesus says here, I want us to take note of a few items. One is that he has commanded us to love like he loves The love that we show towards one another should be a reflection of how Jesus has loved us. Secondly, the greatest way to show this type of love to someone else is to simply be willing to sacrifice for them. I want you to do me a favor real quick. I want you to put your hands like this. You know, when we come into the presence of God, we we always come like this, right? And he asks us to. He He says, come and ask in accordance to my my Father's will, and and He'll give to you. And so we come open-handed and open-hearted, but so often, more than not, then when we get and God gives and He provides, we tend to kind of do this a little bit, right? Maybe sometimes more so than other times. Maybe sometimes we stay like this because we're hoping that God would give us more, but a lot of times we end up curling our fists and we kind of hold on to the things that we have. Well, For you and for me, it might be different things. There might be things that we hold on a little more tight to. And the dynamic of what Jesus is commanding us here as we love one another is that as we open up our hands, as we seek God's provision, as we seek to understand this love that he has for us and how he wants to to care for us, that we would hold this posture and we would keep this posture. But I think what's important to keep in mind as we do that is there are going to be some things within what God gives us that we have to be willing to give up, that we have to be willing to sacrifice. Now, I know in this passage, he's talking about our lives, but I want us to look at it as a reflection of the things that maybe we hold on to that help us to build and create the lives that we want for ourselves. And the reality is that we have to be willing to show this type of love. And by doing so, we have to be willing to sacrifice for others. Well, the third thing that we see here in this little passage here is that that if we put our faith in Jesus Christ, we become recipients of grace. And as we follow Jesus, we gain a greater understanding of how important the good news of Jesus Christ is for all to hear 
It's not just for me. It's not just for you. But the good news of the gospel message is for all people, all mankind. And as we read through the gospel of Mark in the first 10 chapters, we see this picture of this person, this, this Jesus, the Savior, the servant. See, and the writer shows us how Jesus has served us and how he encourages us through his teaching. And then this morning, as we come to chapter 11 in the gospel of Mark, we see Jesus moving from being Jesus the servant to becoming Jesus the sacrifice. See, in this moment, he becomes the sacrificial lamb. He becomes the one who will be beaten, he will be broken, he will be ridiculed, and he will do it all for the sins of the world. The prophet Isaiah, chapter 55, verse 5 says, But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us, you and I, peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. See, the gospel is the good news of a loving Savior who has come to serve, come to save, and come to sacrifice himself for you and I. Well, before we read, let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this morning and we thank you for the things that you've given us. Father, we acknowledge that we are a blessed people. Father, that you've given us so much. You've cared for us so much. And, and the very simple fact that we have grace because of your son, that we have life because of your son, is a reflection of the love and grace that you have for each and every person in this room. Every person that we would encounter, every person that we would be a part of their lives, Father. So Father, we give you thanks for that. We give you thanks for all that you are. But also we understand as we come before you and as we open up your word, we understand also that we have a responsibility. Father, that you have given us these things and you've cared for us in these ways so that we would do as Jesus has commanded to love one another, to love others. Father, and we don't always know how to do that. We don't always understand how they need to be loved. So, Father, our prayer this morning is as we read your word, as we see this story unfold, as we see the sacrifice that Jesus made for us, Father, that we would gain a greater understanding of how you would want us to love one another and the things that we might need to sacrifice and to give up so others may have. Lord, I thank you for this. I thank you for your word. And I pray that you would speak to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 11, I'd like to read the first 10 verses, starting in verse 1. It says, Now when they drew near to Jerusalem, to Bethpage and to Bethany, at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find a colt tied, on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring, and bring it. If anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord has need of it and will send it back here immediately. And they went away and found a colt tied to a door outside in the street and they untied it. And some of those standing there said to them, what are you doing untying the colt? And they told them what Jesus had said and they let them go. And they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it and he sat on it. And many spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches that they had cut from the fields. 
And those who went before and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna, blessed he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming king of our father David, Hosanna in the highest. See, in our passage, we see this triumphant entry of the Messiah that was predicted by the Old Testament writer Zechariah. This moment is an important part of the gospel message. And here's why. Because we see in verses 2 and 3 that, that Jesus affirms his claim to be the Messiah. Starting in verse 2 it says, And he said to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately as you enter it you will find a colt tied, on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it. If anyone say to you, Why are you doing this? Say, The Lord has need of it. And we'll send it back here immediately. See, we don't know all the details in this moment, but we see that Jesus has already chosen what, what he will enter into the city on. See, this moment in time is a critical moment for you and I as Christians. It's the beginning of something that is so significant that we put and base our whole faith upon. See, his entrance into the city on a donkey tells us who he is. It tells us what he is about to do for mankind. See, the symbol here is of the king coming in on such a simple animal. It shows us that he isn't a king that is here to conquer or to declare war, but he is one here who is here to declare peace. Here's why. You see, the people at that time, they knew that God would send someone to save them. They were waiting for the Messiah, the Savior, someone to, to restore them, to, to bring them away from the bondage that they were kept under. And then we look at uh, Zechariah chapter 9 verse 10. Listen to what he says here. He says, I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the war horse from Jerusalem and the battle bull shall be cut off and he shall speak peace to the nations. His rule shall be from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. See what we see, see here transpiring is something so great, so amazing. What Jesus does here by using this animal shows the world that he is truly the Messiah, the King. See, in Zechariah 9.9, he predicts that the Messiah will enter upon a donkey and he will do it humbly. See, he's not going to do it the way the world might think he do it, coming to, to conquer and to, to destroy and to, to be that king like we see kings of today. But he says, no. He says he's going to cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the war horses from Jerusalem. He's going to end that. And the battle bowl will be cut off. And he shall speak peace to all the nations. His rule shall be from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. See, he will put to an end the battles that we fight. He will help us to realize what it means to live in peace no matter our circumstances. See, his message is one of reconciliation and restoration. And he shows us that he is truly the Messiah. And in doing so, he shows us the courage to be Messiah. He shows what it takes to, to have the courage to do what God has asked him to do. If you look at verses 7 and 8, it says, And they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on, and, and threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. It just simply says, and he sat on it. 
And many spread their cloaks on the road and others spread leafy branches that they had cut from the fields. I want to ask you, do you see the, the courage that Jesus is modeling for us in this moment? See, it seems like such a, a simple act. You know, him just getting on the colt. But what Jesus does here is so courageous. He knows that, that this is the beginning of his journey. His journey to the cross. This is the beginning of something so significant that it will change the lives of people forever to the end of time. And by doing this, by simply sitting on this colt, he sets into motion something so courageous. He models something for us in regards to obedience and an understanding of God's will for his life and our lives that we can learn from. See, Jesus understands that in just a few short days, he will be mocked, he will be beaten, he will be broken, he will be scorned, and he will die upon a cross. See, in this passage, we see his humanity. We see the living God in flesh, and he is showing us that we need to be courageous. See, when God asks us to do something, he wants us to be courageous in how we do it. You know, when I, when I think about this passage, I can't help to think back to, to Joshua. When Joshua was entering into the promised land, God asked him to be courageous. God asked him to do some things in faith. See, God has asked the Messiah, our Savior, his son, to be courageous. And I believe that God is asking you and I to be courageous. To take steps of faith to do the simple things that he asks us to do. And it may be simple, it may be bold, it may be big, it may be whatever, but it's because God is asking us to do those things. God is asking us to be obedient and willing to follow his commands. I wonder this morning, what is God asking you to do? Is there something maybe in your heart, maybe a way God's stirring you right now in your life? Maybe God's moving you towards something. Maybe, maybe you're right now in, in a season that a lot of people would say is a dry season. Maybe you're not feeling real, real motivated to serve God or to, to even walk with God or to even talk to God. Maybe you're in a season where, where things are just great and everything's going wonderful. But I, I think regardless of the season... I think our responsibility as Christians, as followers, is to listen to God's commands and to seek God's perfect will for our lives. And as we do that, to simply be courageous. Simply get on that donkey. <laughs> simply take those steps and walk into that promised land and know that God's promises are waiting for us. See, because we're doing this in accordance to God's perfect will. So now I'll tell you that, that humility plays a big part of it. It's a big thing in God's eyes. We have to humble ourselves. We have to be willing to sacrifice like Jesus has sacrificed for us. Proverbs 11 verse 2 says, When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with the humble is wisdom. I know there's two parts to that, but I want you to think about the second part. To the humble, there is wisdom. If, if you want to know what God wants you to do, 
Just simply humble yourself before God. And God will give you the wisdom. He'll give you an understanding of what he wants for you in this life. And I wonder how many of us realize that it takes more courage to be humble than it does to be prideful. See, Jesus shows us through his humility just how courageous we should be. He humbled himself in obedience to God and he did what God asked him to do. See, and this took humility. And in that humility, we see courage. John 6 Verse 38 says, For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me, a living sacrifice. Imagine that conversation. I just kind of thought about it this last week. God and Jesus are in heaven and they're talking, they're looking upon their creation and they're saying, hey, something needs to be done. We knew this from back when. So I think it's time. I, I think it's time for you to go. You know, I just, I just wonder what, what that conversation was like, you know, and, and the willingness that Jesus had to come for you and I. The willingness to, to be and know and understand that, that he would be the lamb that would be slaughtered. The living sacrifice. To do whatever God asks of him. To be beaten, to be broken, to be ridiculed, to be mocked. But yet still, walk that faithful journey to the cross. I believe God is asking each and every one of us to go on that journey. I believe God is saying in this moment, in this time where I have you, in this city, in this church, it is time. It's time for you to, to be courageous and be obedient to my will. Not your own will, but to my will. See, and all this, all this is done. What Jesus does, what Jesus did, what God is asking of us is all simply to bring glory to God, to lift up his name, to make our actions reflect the songs that we sing. Amen? Amen. See, it's all for God's glory. See, and this, this is why Jesus was sent to be our Messiah. Look at verses 9 and 10. And it said, And those who went before and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the kingdom, is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. The word Hosanna is a joyful expression of praise. The people were praising the fact that their Messiah had come. The anointed one has come to save us. See, this is an important part of the gospel story. This is what you and I have put our faith in. The fact that Jesus would die on a cross and not only die, but he had conquered sin. He had defeated death and he rose again on that third day. And just in case you're wondering, Easter's not next Sunday. <laughs> We've got a few months till then. But I tell you what, we, we should celebrate the resurrected Christ every single day, including Sunday. See, we should be thankful because our Messiah was sent 
And he came and he lived a life of obedience. He did what he needed to do so that you and I could have life everlasting. Isaiah 7, 14 says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. God with us. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I, that simple statement there, that, that dynamic of God with us should bring a smile to our face. I mean, because it's everything that we put our hope in. It's everything that we, we are dependent on and thankful for. Everything that we do in this life is reflective of, of this very reason, this very gospel message, this Jesus, the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah who has sacrificed it all for you and I. See, if we had a motivation, this should be our motivation. This should be the reason why we discipline ourselves to be obedient to what God is asking us to do in every aspect of our lives. Not just in the easy ones. Not just in that little corner where, yeah, I can let that one go. But I'm not, I not really want to let this one go, God. So I'm going to fold it over and here, you can have this. But in every area of our lives. See, and this is the reason why God sent his son to die on the cross. Jesus the Christ, he was sent to be our savior. He came with a purpose. He came to give his life for you and I. And it's all because of who he is and what he did that we can have peace in this life. See, he is the sacrificial Messiah. And I just can't help but to go back to the gospel of John. John 3, 16 and 17. The gospel in in a couple of sentences here. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but in order that the world might be saved through him. Did you hear that? God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world but in order that the world might be saved through him. He is the sacrifice. He is the Messiah. He is the Redeemer. He is all things. He is the beginning and he is the end. I want to ask you this morning, is he your Messiah? Is he your Savior? Do you call him Lord? Have you surrendered? Have you humbled yourself in the presence of God? See, this is the gospel message it's this love, this love story. It teaches us how to love and to be loved. It's the God of heaven that is sacrificed so that you and I can have eternal life. Well, I want to close this morning with asking you, are you ready to do what God is asking you to do? He sent his son to show us what needs to be done because it's his mission and it's our future. Are you ready to do what God is asking you to do this morning? Are you ready to enter into all that God has for you personally? Well, I want to encourage you. If you are, be courageous. Be bold. Be courageous. And know that God is always with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And he will guide every step that you take.
He will show you the path. And in his presence, you will find the greatest joys. And you will find pleasures forevermore. Be who God created you to be. But first and foremost, you have to be humble. You have to be willing to humble yourself so that God can show you and point you in the direction that he wants you to go. Give your life so that someone else can have life. Humble yourself before God. See, you and I, as believers, as followers of Jesus Christ, you and I have been sent to be, called, to be a light in a dark world. Now, all we have to do is humble ourselves and allow God to work in our lives. Do what he's asking us to do. It seems like a simple statement, but I know that times it gets hard. And here's the beauty of that picture as we close. Here's the beauty of it all. Is that God has a family. You're not alone. You're not in this by yourself. See, this, this afternoon we, we gather together as a family. We gather every Sunday as a family. We gather throughout the week as a family because every one of us that puts their faith in Jesus Christ is a child of God. We belong to him and together we make a family. We are the body of Christ. And all of these things that God is asking us to do, we don't have to do alone. Even Jesus didn't do it alone. He said to his disciples, hey, I need your help. I need you to go to that town I need you to get a donkey for me. And if anybody questions you, you just let them know that the Lord needs it. And you wonder what happened there. Did, did they already know? Did Jesus talk to these people beforehand? Hey, in a few days, I'll be sending a couple of my friends over <laughs> to grab a donkey for me. So don't give them a hard time. Just let them have it. See, it's a, a beautiful picture of God's family. And that's why Jesus in the Gospel of John 15 says that, that you, you are my friend. See, because he wants this intimate relationship with you and I. And all he asks us to do is to do what he asks us to do. We have to begin the journey. Are you ready? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for your love and your grace. Thank you for just your, your just amazing, amazing love, Father. You're so good to us. Father, we thank you that you sent your son to die on a cross to pay a price that we could never pay for ourselves. Father, the shedding of his blood is significant in our lives because it washes away our sins. It purifies us in a way that, that presents us to you as holy, as pure, as clean. Father, we know that, that this way only happens through your son. That this, this, this thing that we call salvation only happens through Jesus Christ. This was your plan and your purpose that you would sacrifice your son so that all who believe would have eternal life. Father, if there's anyone in here this morning that isn't sure, that doesn't completely understand what that means, Father, I just pray that your spirit would just speak to their hearts right now. Father, that they would listen to what you're saying to them and that you would remind them that the love that you have for them is so deep, so amazing, and so sacrificial that you'd be willing to give, give of yourself so that we might know you, so that we might be able to, to live in relationship before you, with you. 
Father, that we might be able to come before you and just ask and talk and get to know you. Father, I pray that as we go on this journey together, that you would guide our steps. Father, as a family, as a church body, Father, that you would show us the things that you have for us. Father, that you'd give us clarity and provision and blessing as we go on this journey together. Father, because we believe that you have work for us to do. We believe that you have a purpose for every person that calls Sol Rio home. For every believer, every follower of Jesus Christ has a purpose and a value. Father, we just need to make the decision to do what you want us to do. And so this morning, together, we surrender. We submit ourselves to you, Father. We bow before you in full surrender, trusting and believing, knowing that you will guide our steps. Lord, we love you, we thank you, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. And we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Soul Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505-792-8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com. At Soul Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ, committed to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.